This recording is a production of Faith Builders Educational Programs. This presentation was recorded at Teachers Week 2017, held at Faith Builders on August 1 through 4. Hi, I'm Dina Swanson, and welcome to Majoring in Motivating. Um, wanted to congratulate all of you on being here. I think Teachers Week is just one of the most fabulous, fun weeks of the year, and I love to come here and get all these ideas and everything. So. Um, yay for you for coming. I know we had to drive and travel, and some of you came from a long way away, and I think it's fun that we're all here together, and it's a good week. Um, my name is Dina Swanson. I'm married to Jeff. We both teach. We have five children, four of whom are still living at home, three of whom are wandering the halls here. You might see them around. Um, and I'm teaching seventh and eighth grades at Shalom Elementary School. I'm the eighth grade homeroom teacher, but I also teach seventh grade English and history. So I've taught grades one through 12, but right now I'm focusing on seven and eight. So that's kind of my background. And um, my purpose in teaching about motivating, well, I was asked to, to do that topic. Um, but I think the reason why I love to motivate my students is because when they are understanding it, when they're getting it, it's so much more fun to teach, and I feel like I'm being so much more effective. And I have found that if they are motivated, that it's a lot makes my job a lot easier and a lot more fun. And so we're going to talk about some different types of motivation and, and some specific ways to do them. I'm, I'm, I have a few theories, but I have a lot of practical ways. The other thing is, um, I appreciated what Howard was talking about, about your personality and the different things we all bring in. This is how I do it. This is my personality. I've, I've been in classrooms of, of people that were very quiet and did some of these same things. I don't think it has to be your personality, but this is going to be a, a palette of all different colors and uh, ideas and things, and some of those you might think, oh, I can use that, and then I always write that on the back page of my handy-dandy teacher's notebook because then I have these specific things I want to do. And some of them you're going to be like, is she crazy? What? You know, I'm not going to do that. So then don't, you don't have to do it. But I'm just going to give you a bunch of ideas and tell some stories. So um, did I get all my intro? I think I did. All right. So, but these things have worked for me. So this is why I'm going to share. All right. First of all, I want to talk about a business model versus a school model. And we can use a mini barn shop, or my two, two of my children work at Good Store. And um, they go to work, they get paid, they get evaluations, they get raises, they have Christmas banquets, they have end-of-the-year banquets, they get a $250 gift certificate at Christmas to go spend at Goods for whatever they want. Um, they have little promotion things at work, and if they all their cash registers balance, they get to go to breakfast at Shady Maple, and they do all these things. Um, my son worked at a mini barn shop, and they would have Christmas banquets, and then they, in the summer they would rent a boat and go on these boat cruises, and they would get raises and all this stuff, and then we expect our students to come to school, sit there every day in the same, the same desk in the same room, sometimes for years, and do a really good job, and you get a report card. So I feel like, <laughs> here's, your, here's your reward. So <clears throat> I feel like, you know, we get a reward when we go to heaven. We know we're going to get a crown and a mansion and all this stuff. You know, there is some motivation in, in all of this. And I feel like, why don't we do a little bit more of that for our students? And maybe that's part of our, our, the problem when they are kind of lagging behind. So if your students all do well... Is it your fault or their fault? If they all don't do well, is it your fault or their fault? Um, you've probably all seen the bell curve. 
And a lot of teachers say, well, I expect most of them to get here, and we'll have a couple get A's and a couple get F's, and that's just the way it is, and these are the smart ones, and these are the ones that aren't so smart, and whatever. Um, I don't like that. I kind of want everybody to be about here. And um, I work very hard to make sure that they do get there, not dumbing down the material at all, but pulling them up to the material and getting them motivated so that they want to get the material and they want to do well on the test. I don't like that. <laughs> um, Mr. or Ms. Scholarly Teacher, that's the type that you all need to read chapter four, and then I'm going to give you an essay test, and you have to do a project. Have fun. Bye. I'm going to go to my desk or whatever. You know. Um, I don't believe in that, especially in the younger grades. When they get older, they need to be able to go read a chapter and take notes and, and do it on their own. But up through eighth, ninth grade, I think they need to be led in that direction. They need to know how to do it, and they need to be motivated to do it, because then it will make their latter years much easier. <clears throat> so... Oh, and this is just, this is, um, Dolores is here somewhere. She told me this story, actually, and I told Jeff, and he did it. But they, were, they couldn't get fractions when you, multi when you divide fractions. You flip the one upside down, and then you multiply. And so that's, that's Jeff showing that this guy stays the same. Here's your times, and then flip him upside down. But are you doing everything you can to make sure your students get it? Are you flipping them upside down to make sure they'll get it? Yeah. Um, so, before we get into any of this, because I do a lot of fun stuff, but I want to say my goal is not to be cool. My goal is not to have my students like me. My goal is to have them enjoy learning and enjoy being in class and to think that learning is fun. Um, and I have a lot of respect and order in my classroom. Um, when I started, I don't, didn't want to yell. I just kind of did that. If things get crazy rowdy, if somebody does something hysterical, they all laugh. We'll go like that, and we're back to class. Um, or what's my other sign? I have another sign. Oh, I owe oh, this one. You know, <laughs> and um, I could do that for about two seconds, and they're all quiet. So I have a lot of order in my classroom, and, and so I can do some of these things. So I just wanted to say that to pre-qualify anything. If, if we are trying to have them all like us and be cool and all that, it's, it's, I don't think it works near as well. They'll end up walking all over us, and they know that we'll go their direction because we want them to like them so much. It doesn't work that way. I think it works the other way first. We've got to have respect. We've got to have order. We have to have our classroom know you can't go cuckoo. We're going to do this and have fun, but now we're done. We're going to get back to this. So that's my qualification for this whole thing. All right. The parent-motivated student, and I asked my students, I, I actually gave them a questionnaire, and I said, tell me what motivates you. And these are some of their answers. It was really interesting. I get $5 for an A, $3 for a B, nothing for a C, and I had to pay my parents $3 if I get a D. <laughs> this was a good one. I get something big from my parents, and they take us all out to eat, and I get a gift certificate. Okay, those children come to your room, and you know they already get straight A's, right? You don't have to do anything. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> All right. The next type is self-motivated, and I feel that if the parents are motivating the children, they will, as they get older, they'll be motivated on their own. So this would be a self-motivated child. I like it when the teacher says there are only two people. Sorry, there were only two people that got a 100%, and I'm one of them. I don't look down on others. I just set a goal for myself. And this was one of my students being very honest. She wanted to be in the top. And I always write, whenever we do a test, but just a minute, you know, uh, there were five A's, 
There were eight B's. There was one C. And Fred, you know who you are. You got a D. I don't say his name, obviously. But, um, and that way Fred knows, oh, dear. You know. And, and within a couple of weeks or so, they'll, hopefully they'll all be up here. And every once in a while we'll have somebody down here. But I really will have D's and F's if I keep doing all this stuff. So um, she likes to know that or, or, or two people got 100. I'll put that stuff. Hundreds, A's. You know, and, they, and this girl knows. I worked really hard. I, she's self-motivated. I don't need to do anything for her either. She's pretty motivated. The next type is what we're getting at. There's this face. <laughs> this kind of child, I believe, needs us to motivate them. Teachers motivate me when they do fun things and tell us how to keep our grades up and make good grades and encourage us. These are the students you need to reach. The other, the other two groups you don't need to. They're fine. They're already motivated. These are the students that we want to reach, and they're the ones we need to bring up or over to this side of the bell curve, would it be? Um, and the benefit is if we motivate these students, guess what? The other, the other two groups love it too. So everybody wins. You have nothing to lose and, and, and everything to gain because you're going to get the ones that are hard to motivate. So <clears throat> let's talk about some ways to do this. I think, number one, maintain and model a positive attitude. And I have a story to go with this in a minute. But um, if we make learning interesting, we're positive about it, we're excited about it, they're going to be two. And if we get up and go, go to chapter 42 and get out your pens, and this is a really boring chapter, they're going to be bored as well. Um, this was after an achievement party that we had, and I actually I got a bolt of fabric over the summer, an entire bolt for like $5. And so I thought, oh, wouldn't it be neat if the girls could wear little hats to go with this little colonial achievement party thing we had? And I'll sew them all hats, and my husband said, Dina, you're crazy. And I'm like, it won't take that long. They were circles. It was not big a deal. I think I did it over Thanksgiving break, and we would sit in the living room and play games, and I just sewed circles. It wasn't that hard. Um, and so the girls... At the end of the party, the girls came up to me and said, Mrs. Swanson, can we wear our hats to school tomorrow? And these are not third and fourth graders. These are like, you know, kind of cool seventh and eighth graders. And they wanted to wear their silly little hats to school. And I'm like, yes, of course you can. Um, and of course, I wear my silly hat to school too. But if we are positive about things, it's catching. They will catch it. They will be enthused about it. And they will, and again, it's a multifaceted approach. This is just one part of it, but they will catch on. All right, make sure I'm not leaving anything out. Um, okay, and this even applies to if you're having a horrible day. I remember one time I had a horrible, something horrible happened. I don't remember what it was, but, and I was sitting back there, and Jeff was teaching the Bible class, and I thought, I don't even want to get up there. This is a bad day, and I, you know, so, so my bad mood or whatever happened the day before is going to make 30 of my students be depressed and have a bad day, too, because I'm in a bad mood. But it was funny. When I got up there and started talking, all of a sudden I was in a better mood, and I, it kind of, I, I don't know if I was playing off of them or what, but in a way, I think sometimes we do owe it to them to be a little bit of an actor or an actress and uh, to be positive about it. And again, it's catching. And I think teaching is fun. And when I get in front of people, I, I love to talk and I'm having a good time, so it helped me. But if we're bored and negative, they will be too. If we're positive, they will be too. Okay, diagramming or pre-algebra. What about some of the hard, icky things? Um, we were diagramming, and it was one of those um, where you have two things 
a compound subject, you know, like Sue and Jane did something, whatever it was. And so I was like, oh, this is so fun. We get to make two subjects. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Look, we get to make... And I said, what if we did three subjects? Like, what if we said uh, Sue and Bob and, oh, look at that. You know, you can do more than that, too. You know, this is really fun. And I was just having a great time because I, I do think this is awesome. I love diagramming. <laughs> and so um, my students started saying, hey, what if we did this? And what if we did this? And let's see if I can get the laser to work. So this student... <laughs> And they brought it to me, Mrs. Swanson, look, we diagrammed the subject, and look at this. I think it said they love school. Anyway, this little, actually, this girl is here this week, if you want to find her. And then, to not be outdone, one of her classmates did the entire school. And then the next day, another student in that same class brought me in the entire school with 50 verbs or whatever it was. And I was like, these are awesome. And I hung them on the wall. Like, this is great. They're motivated. We're having fun. And I hung these on the wall all year long. And I took it down over the summer. And I I was like, I'm going to save this. I don't know why, but I saved it. I thought it was neat. Um, This is a little pre-algebra story. Or do I do this later? Um, They were not doing well in their their algebra. They were doing pretty well in everything else. But the algebra, pre-algebra was giving them a hard time. They were really working on it. And they weren't motivated. And I bought this silly wooden fish pin at Cracker Barrel over the summer. And I thought, hey, this will, you know, I'll give this as a prize to somebody. And so I, I brought it out one day when we needed some motivation. And I said, all right, look at this fish pin. I pulled out the Cracker Barrel bag. And they kind of went. <laughs> and I said, um, whoever brings their math grade up the most on the next math test will get this fish pin. And it was like, okay, one person's going to get it. And I could see them thinking, it's probably not going to be me, you know. And I said, all right. And I sometimes get these crazy ideas, and I say them out loud in front of the class before I think about it. (laughs) And I said, all right. I said, hey, if you all get a 100 today, I'll get you all a fish pin. And then they all smiled because now I get a fish pin, and she gets a fish pin. We all get a fish pin. It wasn't just, oh, he's going to get the fish pin. We all get a fish pin. Who cares about a fish pin anyway? (laughs) I don't know. But they became all the rage. I actually had to buy more because they all wanted to buy them. Anyway. After I gave them away. So I said, all right, you all get a 100. And then I thought immediately, how am I going to get these fish pins? Anyway, I did find them eventually on eBay. And um, guess what they all got on their math that day? After a couple of fix-ups, but guess what they all got? Every single one of them, they got 100. It worked. They, I got their fish pins. But this is the beauty of it. It wasn't just that one day. Because do you think the next day I expected them to go back to their 80s? <laughs> they did it the rest of the year. Yes, I spent $17 on 17 fish pins. <laughs> it worked for the rest of the year. It was like one of the best $17 I ever spent. It was such fun. And the rest of the year, I almost didn't need to say anything. You know I expect you to get 100 now, right? You know, you can do it. You just proved to me that you can do it. They did it the rest of the year. So no matter what it is, even if it's something really hard and difficult, make it. Be positive about it. You can do this. We're going to do it. All right, I'll explain that in a minute. (laughs) Okay, Um, what about speeches? Okay, they have to do these speeches. Oh, a research paper, oh dear, I have got, in fact, I've got some copies in the back. I put together the most interesting history stories I can find, and I'm so excited about them. And I was so excited about it, I went on and made a Google slide of pictures of all these different incredible, amazing topics, and I wish I had time to go through them all, but I don't. But I have a list of them, and on there is my email. And if you want, you can email me 
and I can give you a share link and you can show your students all these incredible histories, speech, I mean, history, either speech or research or project topics, and they're so incredibly interesting. I, 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 if, if I gave you the list right now, you'd want to do five of them. <laughs> Seriously, my students pick three to five, and I'm like, you got to narrow it down. Um, so if you want that, my email is, I don't, it should be on the handout, maybe it's not, I didn't put it on there. Little Flock, oh, I know, here, just, I did this. Put it on here and, and put what you want, if you want the history thing or whatever. Just write your email in there, and that way I can get it for you. Just pass it around. Or if you want to email me, it doesn't get all the way around. It's little flock, like a little flock of sheep, and the number seven at gmail.com. So little, I write sloppy and fast, sorry. The number seven at gmail.com. Or if you don't have email, give me your address, and I will get it to you. And I'll share this, uh, the little slideshow thing if you want it to. Um, so give them all these topics. They're all excited about it. And then give them ideas. Oh, you're going to do the, Lewis and Clark. Well, you know you have to dress up like Lewis and Clark. How am I going to do Well, you, you find a hat. I have a, I have a shirt you can wear. You know, This girl did a speech on Kuwait. Dressed up like it. And then we have this thing. Okay, this is my son. Um, his big brother, was. he's actually in college now, but he, I was this English teacher for five or six years, and he knows that when you do a speech, you better do it right. So he's in college, he's in his college speech class, and his teacher said, uh, everybody has to take it. So they have all these different majors in there. He's a science major, he loves science stuff, and he thinks that there might possibly be a Bigfoot alive somewhere, or whatever, so okay. Leftover from the dinosaur age, or were there two Bigfoot on Noah's Ark? I don't know, but anyway... So um, we're sitting at dinner one night, and he said, well, Mom, I'm doing my speech on Bigfoot. And I said, okay, honey. And he said, um, could, could we get a Bigfoot costume? And, because you have to dress up for your speech. But he wanted to give the speech. He said, could my brother run in the college classroom in the middle of my speech in a Bigfoot costume? Okay. Well, I've always told him you have to. Uh, sure, yeah, I think. Yeah. So we looked online. They were like $200. Mom, do you think you could sew me a Bigfoot costume? <laughs> I did. And it was hysterical. This is, his, this is him sitting. I put leaves and stuff on him. So this was his little brother sitting in the hallway waiting for the speech. And then at the point of his speech, he was, this is him standing outside the room when he said there was actually a Bigfoot sighting within two miles of the university here. His little brother runs the room. <laughs> <laughs> The people, other students in the class were like shocked, and the teacher was like, <laughs> he got an A. Everybody loved it. You know, again, we had, I had taught him for years, you need to do something to make it interesting. So give them ideas. Dress up. Make a map. I told this guy, make a map and show where they went and everything and point to it. You know, give them good topics. Give them good ideas. They'll be excited about it. I've got to go way faster. Okay. Oh, and put them in groups of three. If they have to do a speech and they're nervous about it, um, I actually got this from my son's speech class. Get doing groups of three. And that way I'm standing up here doing my speech and my friend in my group is on my left and my friend in my group is on the right. And that way they're not standing up there alone. Does that make sense? And it makes, them, it, makes it much easier for them. And once they get used to it, they need to stand up there alone. But when they're first starting out and they're really scared, there's no problem to do that. All right. Um, number two, embrace a we attitude. So you're positive. Number two, a we attitude. Teamwork. Now this has got to be teacher directed, especially when they're younger. We've gotten to 
model this and talk about it. We can do this and we are going to do it together. This is actually the group back in 1989 where I met my husband. And um, what was going on here, he's in here somewhere. Were you in there somewhere? I mean, that, about that? Maybe Nelfons were over here? Yeah, okay. Anyway, and then I taught these big flag things back here. And we were at the JMU Stadium one day, and uh, the director was, was pouring down rain, right? So the students are on the, on the AstroTurf, right, in the 100-degree weather, whatever it was, pouring down rain. And the director was up there with an umbrella. And he had a microphone. Okay, run back and do that again. And he's up there with his umbrella talking. And I was on the field with the students, you know, trying to encourage them. Come on, guys, they can do this. They're like, he's up there with his umbrella. I'm like, I know. I'm down there with them getting wet. And one of of my students actually said, um, like, sarcastically, and they were college age. They were like 18 to 21. And one of them actually said, well, Mr. Director, why don't you come down here, you know, with your umbrella, and why, why don't you get rid of your umbrella, and why don't you come down here and get wet? It, it just got, it made me realize they weren't relating to him at all because he was up there with his umbrella, and they were down there hot and wet and miserable. And so I really believe that if we want to motivate our students and have them with us, that we need to be like, you know what, I'm in this with you. I care about you. I want you to do well. I'm in this with you. And there are a couple of ways we can do this. I think that's my next slide. No, it's not. We'll get back there. But I'll get there in a minute. Okay. Specific ways to do that. And this was just, they were studying uh, for a test. I always quiz them a little bit and then in class. And then I tell them, now you quiz each other. They're learning how to study on their own. It works. They're motivated. They want to do well. Okay. But they're doing it together. They're helping each other. They're working together. Number three, make it fun. Always be searching for something new and different. Some people might not agree with this, but I like to throw out silly things like fish pins or especially January, February when it's getting boring. Think of something new. Hey, guess what we're going to do today? And if you're always doing that, even with some simple little things that I'm going to talk about in a minute, they're going to be, what's she going to come up with next? What's he going to bring us next? What are we going to do next? And not, we're going to have English first, and we're going to do math, and then we'll go to recess. That's the only fun part of these recess. And then we're going to have science, and then we'll have you know, the same thing over and over again. And again, we don't need to entertain them all the time. But I think it's good to have them expecting or wondering what little game or puzzle is going to show up next. And this is even for the 11th and 12th graders. Talk about that in a little bit in a minute. Um, this was chopsticks. We actually taught them to, to how to eat the right way. You can see she's doing that correctly <laughs> with chopsticks. With popcorn, pick up a piece of popcorn. And when everybody can do it, we're all pretty good at it. The next field trip we have, after the museum or whatever, we're going to go to a Chinese restaurant. We're all going to eat. You know, they were motivated. They're excited about it. Um, this was, I got this from Esther Raber, another teacher. She actually paid her students, like she paid them, uh, to, it was money that went to CAM. Okay? So we pick whatever. I let the students pick. What do you, what do you want to give to CAM? They want to get some Chinese Bibles and a Bible story book and school for a month and medical aid or whatever. So I picked their weakest area. I think it was spelling at that time. And I told them every day I would tally it up. I had a sticky note on my desk. And if you got an A, you get 25 cents. If you get a B, you get 10 cents. C, you get 5 cents. Nothing for the rest of it, right? So I tally it up. And if they got four A's that week, right, they would get a dollar, which didn't usually happen. But we had a lot of A's and B's. And so on Friday... They all, they, I told them all to bring their own little bank. So these are their own little banks they made. Some were more creative than others. Anyway, and then um, 
I would call their name up and I wouldn't say to everybody, you know, Susie got a dollar and, you know, Fred got a penny. I wouldn't say that or anything. But I would call them up individually and I'd give them, their, you know, their little money or whatever. And I'd say, okay, the total for this week was $5. It wasn't, yeah. And when Esther told me this, I said, you pay for this? She said, sure I do. My students are motivated. It's a good point. It's five bucks. What's that? Um, this is to get her students motivated to have them love school, to love learning, to love our churches, to love God, to think this is a fun, exciting thing. It's back to the mini barn shop, right? Are we motivated or what do we get out of it? This is boring. I don't like it. I want my students to enjoy school. I, I did this. So um, by the end of the year, we had like $100 and we had, we had a little 100-day party and we got to $100 I had two, two shortbread cookies and a graham cracker thing. It might make 100, you know. And um, we celebrated that. And by the end of the year, other students had wanted to donate. Some of this was in the younger room. Some of the older ones, we gave over $200 to camp. They were so excited about it. It was a lot of fun. And they were trying to make A's so that they could give money for Chinese Bibles. That's a good thing, I think, even if it has to come out of my pocket. So, all right. And remember, we're not in this for the money. <laughs> all right. This clicker isn't going. How do I make it go? Is it frozen? Okay, now. There it is. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Now, if we do all these things, and I haven't even gotten to the nitty-gritty part yet, but if we do all these things consistently, it's going to take about six months. Um, I remember I started teaching at a, at a different school this past year, and I was like, I gotta get on board, come on, fish pins and this and whatever. And, and they, you know, they kind of gave me funny looks for a while, but I kept doing it, I kept doing it, I kept doing it. I wasn't gonna give up on them. And January, after we had the little colonial party with the funny hats, that was that did it. They were all on board with me. They were so excited, and they knew that I wasn't gonna give up on them after a month or so or a week and think, oh. I'm giving up on these students. They knew I wasn't going to give up on them. And it changed at that, at that in January. So it takes about six months. Don't give up. Keep going. One of my favorite quotes. Never, never, never give up. Winston Churchill. World War II. Anyway, don't give up. And, and they're waiting for Some of them, especially, they've been disappointed. They're waiting. She's going to give up on me. He's going to give up on me. He's not going to. No, we're not. We care about you. We want you to do well. Do we communicate that to our students with what we say and what we do? Do we really care? And if we do care, we will do some extra stuff. Okay. Um, and this was, yeah, January. This is my living room. Um, and this was the little colonial party we had for them. Anyway, and that's when things turned a corner. But I'd been doing all this stuff for six months. It does take time, but it's so worth it. And it's so, school is so much easier and so much fun when they're all on board and nobody's dragging. All right. So... Your goal is really transformation. You're changing a culture. It takes time, but it's so with it. You know, they might have been in school for five or six years, and you know when you get them and they're just like, oh, school's boring and blah, blah, blah. I had one student. It was really hard to motivate. I didn't give up on him, and he eventually came on board. But I said, you know, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and he didn't care. He didn't want to turn his work in. I'd, like, chase him down and call, call his mother. He didn't get his work in again, and we, she'd bring him back to school and make him finish his English and turn it. Anyway, she was helping me. That helped um, but I said, hey, you know, we're having an achievement party coming up. And he said, oh, I've been to achievement parties. You know, we play softball, which we do every day at recess anyway. And then we have ice cream. And I said, well, you haven't been to one of my achievement parties. And he said, eh. After a few months, he was on board. It took him a while. But it's really changing a culture. He'd been bored with school for, for a couple of years. And I felt like I had to kind of 
get him to realize that this is fun. Learning can be fun and interesting, I believe. So, okay, specific ways to do this. Here's where the practical part comes in. If this sounds interesting to you, you want to try it. The number one thing, and again, I ask my students, what motivates you? These are direct quotes from my students' papers. When my teacher says that I can do well or that I have an abundant amount of knowledge, this particular young man was my hardest to motivate last year. Um, Didn't really like school, uh, didn't care about it, wasn't motivated. Um, But I kept telling him, you're smart, you can do this. And he knew as much or more about history than I did. He would write on his math paper, do you know what so-and-so did in 1938? I kept telling him, you're smart, you know this stuff. And that's when he started writing these little notes back to me. Um, Teachers writing sweet or nice notes on my work. That is another. These two quotes come from two of my most unmotivated gentlemen. By the end of the year, what motivated you the most? All these fun parties were at? No. They like me writing little notes on their paper. Okay. I'll keep writing the note. (laughs) Um, I do put little stickers, and I I, I do everything. I do stickers. I do candy. I do nice words. I write notes. This was a test. Great or good, smiley-faced, uh, ha-ha-ha, South Carolina. I take off one point because I left off Fort Sumter in there. But anyway, um, I write all over their papers, and I do it in purple. When I was in teacher training whatever back in 1990, um, I, <laughs> my teachers would write red on my paper, and I'm like, no, I don't like red. I'm going to use maroon. And then... When we got married and we're teaching it there, Jeff said, let's use purple. I'm like, okay. So we get purple pen. That's my purple pen up there. And everything's in purple. Guess what my students start doing after five or six months? What'd they start doing? What color ink were they writing with? Purple. So then I had to write their papers in blue because they were writing in purple. But it, it, it worked. So anyway, so I purposely use this purple so that the purple shows up everywhere. It's like happy purple, not X red. How many, think about it, how many times we put ugly X, red X's on their paper? How many times can you put little purple smiley faces and, and encouraging things to them? They love it and it motivates them. Number two, immediate feedback. I'll tell you a story in just a second. Grade their papers as soon as possible, the next day or sooner. In this particular class, this was a spelling class that I had, and they knew, because spelling is easy to grade, right? You can just go through. They knew I graded them really fast. They would take their spelling test. And in fact, if they got a 100 on their practice test the day before, the two days before the test, they didn't have to take the, the big test because they already got 100 on it anyway. It was the exact same test. And they would like stand around, hover, hover around my desk at lunchtime or break. Did you grade my spelling test yet? Great. They knew I was going to grade them right away and give them back to them. They love it. When I was in third grade, I will never forget this. I had a teacher, and I think she was a pretty good teacher. I, I had very good teachers. That's why I wanted to be a teacher, I think. But... She wouldn't return our papers forever. And I remember like once a month or something, honestly, I would go to my desk and there would be this huge stack of papers. Oh dear, you know. And I remember looking through them and there was my test and I missed what, let's say I missed a direct object or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, then I go through the paper that I, the week or two before, what did I miss? Direct objects. Well, if she would have given me those homework papers back, I would have known that I was having trouble with direct objects. And then when I did them on my test, I would have gotten a better grade. And I remember thinking, oh, Miss Teacher, I love you, but you need to get my papers back so I know what I got wrong so that I can fix it. And she would also let us brush her hair. She had this really long hair. Anyway, 
actually, maybe that was my second grade teacher. Anyway, um, but I remember thinking when I was that young, if I'm ever a teacher, I'm going to give my students papers back right away. So you can ask my husband, even if I'm up till midnight, I will get their papers back the next day. So that when they're sitting there and they're not just, oh, whatever, they know. She's going to give this back to me in like 10 minutes, so I better make sure I get it, you know, or tomorrow morning. Even if it's research papers are the only thing, if it's not, if it's the final draft, I might wait. But if it's their first, second, third draft, they're going to get them back the next day, and they know it. And it makes them do better because they know she's going to get this back to me really quick. I better make sure I don't have any mistakes on it and not turn it in. I won't see it for a month. Who cares? Okay. So that's my third grade story. Accountability. And this is part of the grading thing too. We're hold, if we're holding them accountable, I'm not going to let you slip through the cracks. I'm not going to let you not turn this in. Like the boy that I called his mom. He didn't turn his English. Again. You know, I'm not going to let you slip through the cracks. Gentle prodding. Gentle pushing. Stay on them. Use sticky notes if you have to. Write your, I have sticky notes everywhere. They get stuck on the wrong things sometimes. I lose them, but I have them everywhere. And I'll write on there, you know, Fred needs to fix his English. Fix-ups on his English. Uh, Susie didn't turn in her whatever, and I'm on them. It's, at lunchtime, I'll ask them, Fred, you've worked on that algebra? You know, Susie, how's your thing? You know, you're going to turn that in? You're going to turn that in? And they know if it's time for recess, with permission from my principal, they're going to stay in. I'll help you finish your math. <laughs> I'm holding them accountable. This is actually me about, what, 10, 12 years ago? And I actually was a shepherdess. Okay. I, I think that's a good way to apply it to, apply to students. I'm not going to leave the one. One time I had one little lamb. It started raining, and all the mama sheep came in with their baby lambs, and I always counted. Uh-oh, I'm missing one. I'm missing a lamb. Can't be missing a lamb. Count again. I'm missing a lamb. I go out there, and there was this one little special lamb. He was, he was number 11, and he was in the rain. You know, I picked him up, and I brought him back to the stable. I feel the same way about my students. I'm not going to let one of them slip through the cracks. I talked to a teacher one time. I was trying to help the student that I had, and I called the teacher in another state, and I said, hey, I'm trying to help this student, you know, and what do you, how did you do, and how did she do this? And, and he said, oh, he said, well, she just kind of slipped through the cracks. And I was like, oh, and I, he, I know he meant well. He was busy, and there were some other factors that, that were not his fault at all. But I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let one student slip through the crack. So we've got to stay on them, even if it means helping them at lunch or whatever. Okay, lead by example. Again, whatever we do, they're going to do. Um, I have brought in dead herons, skunks, uh, vulture, live, okay, the, the live vulture. Um, what else? Do we pick, uh, dead coyotes. Um, if I see something interesting on this side of the road, my family knows I'm going to stop and pick it up and put it in the back of the car if it's not too bloody. <clears throat> and I'm going to take it to school and we're going to look at it. One of my students, a girl, stopped and brought in this bobcat that had been hit that was perfectly, had a little bit of blood coming out of his mouth, you know. Um, awesome. If you pick up dead road kills, they will too, and they'll bring him to school, and you can all know science. Okay. Dead road kills. Dead road kills. I guess. Okay. This is one of my pet peeves. How many times do teachers say, you better memorize this whole chapter of Romans, and then we sit there and go, okay, you say it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you missed a word. Uh-uh. I think we should have it memorized too. If I expect my students to do it, umbrella, I'm going to do it too. 
I'm going to walk through the road with them. And hey, I did it. You can do it too. You know, I did it the first week, and I'll help you do it. I'll make up a little song or something. And I do. I teach it to my students. And so you can do it too. Come on, we can do this together. And, and it's so much better. They try harder if I'm not seeing their cheating reading. I do it. I have never expected my students to memorize the scripture that I didn't memorize myself. Um, take the math test. If it's a really hard math test, take it the night before. And tell them, you know what, y'all can do this. I did this test last night. It's not that bad. Watch out for number 17. There's a trick in there. And they'll, they'll circle number 17 and look for the trick. You know, you can do this, though. We're going to do it together. Let them know that you stayed up late last night, sweetly. For instance, if I told you, I was sitting up at 12.30 last night going over this for the 10th time <laughs> because I really wanted to do a good job on it and I really want y'all to be able to take something, well, one idea maybe that you might use. Um, but they'll, they know this was one of the best, this is from another unmotivated junior high boy. And he, he, these were his capitals. I get motivated by my teachers wanting us to work hard. He knows I expect him to work hard. They work hard for us. Mm-hmm, I stayed up till midnight. So we want to work hard for them. And this was incredibly insightful. It makes us and them feel good. So he's trying to please me, but he also realized he did it. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. With, with Sometimes we have to help the number 11, the sheep that I had to go get, or the boy that I have to say, come on, you know, you finish with your lunch, let's work on this algebra. Sometimes we need to do that. But I call that getting them over the hump. Come on, you can do this. I might haul you up and throw you over, but we're going we're gonna to get through this together. You can do it. And then you know what? They do it. I did it. I, did, I got it. By the way, what happened, if I expect them to get a 100 every time on their daily math homework, guess what happens on the test? Without me helping at all, no fix-ups. They're all passing and doing very well because we've been working for two or three weeks getting a 100 every day. It works. All right. Um... Gently push everyone, lose no one. And that lose no one, nobody slips through the cracks. Even if you, I have to, and that's why my lunch plate is on here. My students, a couple of my former students, or actually are one or two, but anyway, ask them. They got their papers back with salad dressing on them and chocolate and whatever else, food smeared, barbecue sauce on their papers because I would drop it as I was trying to grade all their papers or whatever. And that's when I help them is on is at lunch break. Come up and let's, you know, again, I don't ever have a student one-on-one that when the others are in the room, whatever, and it's lunch break or or whatever, come up here and let's work on, you know, let's finish your algebra. You're on your third fix-up. You got it to a 90. Come on, we can get the 100. Or PE if it needs to be. Gently push everyone. One day, my hardest-to-reach student did really, really well, and I passed their papers back. It was first thing in the morning, and he came in, and I said, hey, did you see what you got on that test? And I think it was a history test. He was I've got a 98 or something. I'm like, you did great. Your essay question was really, really good. Sitting right next to him on the next row was Miss Perfect Student. <laughs> um, honestly, straight A's all the time, lots of 100s, extremely motivated, smart family. You know what she said? Well, how about mine? How'd I do? Oh. And it made me realize, you know what? It's not fair just to compliment the one that finally worked really hard. What about the girl that works hard every single time? And so what I started doing with those people is I would be, especially like on their research papers or their essay questions, I would be really picky. You know, you could use a different uh, relative pronoun in that clause. It might sound better. How about if you combine these two sentences? Can you reword this? It's okay, but you can get it smoother. So I started 
Thank you. My husband just showed me. Can I show you my sign? <laughs> I have how many? I have 20 more minutes. Good. My husband just gave them to me. <laughs> I, I do get excited and I talk too fast. Anyway, so, but it made me realize that the girl that gets the hundreds all the time needs to be encouraged too, just in a different way. So, they all notice. And, and you know what? That proved to me too that even though she was parent-motivated, and self-motivated, the teacher motivation works, too, even on those students that you think might not need it. Okay. Thank you, dear. (laughs) Okay. Now, we're going to get into... So that's daily, every day, right? Sweet notes to them, appropriate notes, you know. But you did great. That was, you know, you're much better. Or sometimes... Let me go back to that one. Sometimes a B is good, but I think you could even get an A. Or you did much better. I think you could even get to the 90s or something like that. I think those do well too. So write, uh, say nice things, write nice things. And now we're getting to things you can do monthly and quarterly. All right. I have two of these in my room. One of them says genius is 99%. It's from Albert Einstein. Genius is 99% hard work and 1% intellect or something like that. And um, an A student can easily make C's if they don't try. A C student can make A's if they try hard. So I preach that to my students all the time. I've got these things hanging up. Um, so visual, this will be a visual reminder on the wall. This would be another one. This was from an achievement party we had. We went to different countries. In my room was Mexico, and I had these little flags I bought. Um, and so I hung them up in my room for the achievement party, but I left them there. And I do this all the time. This was another one. This was a, I had an ink pen that, that for the colonial thing where they dipped it and they actually signed it. I hung it up on the wall, right? And this is right next to my, my whiteboard. So they would see it all the time when they looked up there. And they would have these happy memories. Oh, remember we worked really hard. We made good grades. And then we had that, that enjoyable evening together, right? I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So I purposely leave these things up in the room so that they'll have all these visual reminders. Oh, we did that, that was fun because we worked hard and made good grades. Oh, we worked hard and made good grades and we did this together. Or we all went on this field trip together, it was really fun. Um, it creates, again, that we attitude, kind of a teamwork thing. And then I went back, back in my room to do something and I noticed my students did these. And this is by March. Again, it takes time. I always give them a bookmark that says whatever it was from the achievement party, like Mexican achievement party or whatever it was. And she'd actually taped it to the top of her desk. This is an eighth grader. This is not a third grader. She actually taped it to her desk. And then we did an airline thing where we had like rows of seats. And so I had like aisle 2A and 3A and whatever. And I don't know where they got it from, but they got it and they stuck it on the back of their seat, like seat 2A or something. But they, my students did this. They like seeing the visual reminders as well. It's a good thing. So verbal reminders, visual reminders. Hang them on the wall, leave them up. By the end of the year, my room has so much junk all over hanging from the ceiling and everything. But they're all good reminders. Okay. Targeted incentives. Target their weakest area. If it's... um, Algebra or pre-algebra, then get fish pins or whatever you can think of. Or we'll all get donuts if you all get an A in your spelling test. I don't do much individual stuff 
because what happens is your, your parent-motivated and self-motivated students will all do it, and the ones that aren't motivated aren't going to do it anyway. But if we're all going to do it together, and everybody else is going, well, who's the one person that didn't make the, you know, and I never give out names, but it brings them up to par. They'll try harder because it, what, that's what I call positive peer pressure. We're all going to make an A or a B, right? So target it. If by the end of the week we've all gotten an A on our spelling test, we'll do this or whatever. Um, Jeff would do pizza party if they could all do their flashcards in so many minutes for math or whatever it is. But pick what's their weakest area, bring that up. So let's say you brought up their math. Okay, well now we really need to work on our spelling, so we'll bring this up or whatever. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about achievement parties. Um, this is another quote from an unmotivated boy. The achievement party is going to be awesome. All the hard work we did for it will make it all the better. They earned it. I might have helped them over the hump, but they earned it. They did it on their own. Um, and they had to make good grades on all the tests, because I won't touch their tests. They've got to do that on their own. So the achievement parties, we started out doing them, what, eight years ago? It was it was a suggestion from somebody else. We read a teacher training thing, and I thought, okay, we'll try this. And we started out very, very simple. Like, we had them to our home. I think only seven of them made it the first time. And I was the waitress, and I served them Mexican food or whatever. And, and they loved it because it was like, I'm serving them. And they were polite. Told them ahead of time, you've got to be polite. And then we played charades or something like that. It was really simple. And it didn't take much work at all. They were so excited about it. The next nine weeks, were they all on it except for three, I think? It was shocking. And by the end of the year, all of them made it except one. And the, it was not his fault. He needed to be, he needed to have a different kind of curriculum, and the school board would not let us switch over. So we, I felt really bad because he was trying, and we, our hands were tied. We really couldn't do anything else. But by the end of the year, they were, all, they, they were all doing it. It's not that much work. It's an incredible amount of fun. Um, Howard Lichty was just talking about your co-teachers. If there are at least two of you in the school, get your other teacher to help you. I have been blessed. These are all teachers from our school, but the first, what, the first year that we did it, it was just the seventh and eighth grade teacher and my husband taught music, and I'd help him. And now we have, this is Caleb Martin, he was here for summer session. He's the seventh grade teacher, school secretary is helping us now. The, she's a resource, these are two resource room that help us. And then um, this was your student teacher in a Swiss Alps outfit that I got at Goodwill. Anyway, so we, if you get at least one other person to help you, and they don't have to be that elaborate, but if you do more than a softball game and ice cream, if you just have some interesting food, dress up a little bit, serve them, they think it's great, and they are so motivated, and then they will talk about it for nine weeks till the next one. I would say if there's one other thing besides writing nice notes and encouraging them verbally, this is the second thing I would say that, that, that has really, again, it's worked for us. Um, and we've tried to make all of them either cultural or historical and tie them into whatever we were learning with history. So it had a dual purpose. And there is some type of strange camaraderie that I cannot explain that happens when you share this interesting meal together and your teachers are serving you and there's this whole we attitude. And it does way more than you could do with you know, two months of, of all this other stuff. So I, I encourage you just to try it. Uh, we always let them come to the... Oh, that's another thing. Okay, the first one, the first nine weeks, 
everybody gets to come no matter what. That way they know what it's like and they're really motivated to, to not miss it you know, for the next ones. The other thing is if I've got a child who is uh, having, struggling and they're in algebra, it's not fair to that child. They're not ready for that. I will say, hey, look, this child needs to be in pre-algebra or something. It's not fair to them. So they've got to be able to achieve. I, I would never do this to a child that I felt like it was so far over their head they couldn't achieve it. And the other thing I'll do is, is if they get a 100 and I write down every single grade, every single day in my grade book, I don't necessarily use them all. The tests I will, obviously. But if they know I'm writing it down in my grade book, if they have 100 on all their daily work and they get a 70 on their test, their average is still going to be pretty high. And they're earning that 100 every day. So those are some different grading things. We won't get into that. But they always are able to do it. In the rare cases they didn't, it was like either that one boy that the week they wouldn't let us change his curriculum, or we had one girl one time, didn't make it, and um, well, why not? Well, she had eight zeros. She didn't even turn in her work. Eight zeros. You know, I can't, there's not much I can do for, you know, for that. So we make it where if they're trying at all, they can make the achievement party. Our limit is a B or higher, so 84 or higher. You could do a C or higher if you wanted to, or inch it up a little bit. The other thing is if they're bombing a class, let's say they got a 60, all right, we'll say, hey, all you got to do is bring it up five points. So that's how real. Either you make all A's and B's in every class, or you bring your grade up five points. The next time they have to get a 70. The next time, they, by the end of the year, they're at a 75. That way, everybody can make it. It's attainable for everybody, as long as they're trying. And um, it's, a, it's a great thing. So if you want to try it, um, I've got, I don't know, what, 20, 16, 20 different parties that are already planned. Costumes, music, food, games, everything. Um, email me. It's, uh, I have it all, and I'll share it all for you. You don't even have to... You know, whatever. Round up some dishes or something. Okay. So, um, this was a Civil War uh, escape from the army that was burning the Shenandoah Valley or something like that. Anyway. And these girls were all excited and they sewed their own dresses. They were really excited about this one. And you know, nine weeks ahead of time or a month ahead of time. So, they wanted to do it. So, and they actually, this was the 7th through 12th graders held, planned this whole party after four years, and then they held it for the younger ones, and they were there too. This was a 50s party. We served hot dogs and hamburgers and roller skated around, and they thought it was great. Um, we asked somebody, could we go out in your field? And these are just, um, what do you call those? Trash bags. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the sticks, rod, dowel, wooden dowels. The little ones are just wooden dowels, and these are uh, landscaping plastic, but... And, and we had a little game where you throw the hula hoop over the skull or whatever, and there's Jeff and I dressed up goofy. Um, medieval party, we threw hay on the floor. These are actually the dollar store, um, what do you call those? Tablecloths. We just tied them, and then these are just pieces of fabric. Just did some decorations, put some burlap on there, and we served them chicken legs and uh, whatever. Okay, this was a Bible on a roll, we had fish and bread and whatever, and, and I, I, we just wore like a, I had a black dress with a, with a scarf wrapped around it. It was not that big a deal, and they loved it. It's so much fun. Um, this was 
this and those are real mustaches. I mean, the stick on mustaches, but um, somebody says that Photoshop. I said, no. The, this was the party that the third through sixth graders planned for the seventh through twelfth graders. We had a shipwreck. We were, we were studying immigration and we were doing threads and we were reading Barbara Smooker's book where they go on the ship and they, they're immigrating from. No, the other one, but it's, 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 um, yes, thank you. It's, it was Hidden Riches. And so they were all excited about this book and they wanted to act it out, except they were going to have a shipwreck. And then we ended up in a Greek fishing village and in the woods and anyway, but they planned this whole party and then they dressed up. They were the, the, the ship captain guys, whatever that were, anyway, and they planned this whole part. They, they, they were so excited to plan this party for their classmates. The results are incredible. Um, by the, I had uh, two stories. One was a girl that wasn't that motivated, and she, 85, that's all she wanted to get. And when I started doing the 100 thing, I was shocked, but she started doing 100s. And, she was, and I thought, she could do this. I didn't think she could. She could do it. The other one was, before I came in, there were four gentlemen, wouldn't do their scripture memory, didn't care, made C's and D's all over the place, really didn't care. And I said, oh, I really want to get them on honor roll. And somebody said, or not, uh, achievement. I don't want to call it honor roll because they're achieving. If they bring their grade up five points, they can make it. And um, I said, I really want them to come to the achievement party. And if somebody said, oh, good luck. You know, those four, you're never going to get. I said, yes, I am. That did it. I'm going to get them on there, you know. <laughs> and, and so I knew the scripture memory is a problem. So I made up these songs. I, I make them sing these songs and make, I tape the scripture on the bathroom stalls. I mean, I, I <laughs> but that they, by the, what, the second I, they all came to the first one. By the second one, uh, all but one of them was on. And by the fourth, third or fourth one, they were all, all four of those boys. And they had to earn it. They had to work for it. They sat, they missed some recesses. They missed some lunch recess time. They worked for it, but they all did it. And, and that's some of those quotes about, I worked hard. I, I could do this. And then they started, again, I get them over the hump, and then they fly on their own. Um, the results are incredible, and it's so rewarding. We were talking about motivation in, that, in the session before. That's what motivates me, to know that my students are understanding it. They're getting it, and if they're motivated, they're trying hard, they're going to get it much faster and much better. There's a goal there. There's a reward. All right. Now, um, these are, I'm going to have to fly through these. I have six minutes, so stay with me. Don't, and don't please don't click your things. <laughs> I beg you, don't click your thingies until I say we're done. Um, this is another aspect of making school fun. If you can plan specific things, this is what I was talking about, about um, making, it, making them always wonder what's going to happen next, what, what's, what, what's, what's my teacher going to do next. You can plan some of these things that make it look like you're being spontaneous, but you're sort of not because you're planning it. And then there are, there's true spontaneity when just fun things happen at school. Go with the flow. Your students come up with a lot of them. You know what they do. And rather than go, stop that, sit down. You know, let's, well, that's really funny. Let's look at that. Great. Okay, the back to your mouth. You know, those kind of things. So these make school way, way more fun. Collect stuff. I collect all kinds of stuff. Garage sales and, and resale shops, but... Science, it's fun to pull the stuff out when you read about tree bark or, or feathers or something. To, you know, take it out, pass it around, or mummies or whatever this is, Chinese writing or coins. I, just, I have a box in my room. I don't plan it ahead. When we're reading about, oh, here we go, sand dollars. Oh, hey, I've got a sand dollar. I run to my closet, and, it, and I have so much junk in my closet. 
that by, by the end of the year, after the last achievement party, I just stuck some boxes up there. But one of the girls that was sitting by the closet, there was this blah, 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 and this big box actually fell on her desk. <laughs> so I was like, anyway. But my students came back. And they actually came back in the summer, and they helped me clean out my disastrous closet. And we had fun. We had a pizza party. It was their idea. They said, can we have a pizza party? Will we clean the closet? I said, sure. Okay. So collect stuff. Decorate. The environment does matter. I really do. I think it does. So I change my curtains. I hang stuff in the winter. I try to redecorate every, you know, and not big time, but I just hang stuff from the ceiling or put something else different, curtains up different, whatever. Oh, this is more of my stuff, and I don't have time to tell you all this story, but this is my great aunt's hair. Um, and whenever we're talking about, you know, the flappers that cut their hair, you know, they were cutting their glory off. What, what, what? And then I pulled this out, and ooh, they're paying attention, I guarantee it. <laughs> and why, why did they save it in a box? For all those years, my great aunts have died, and we're going through their stuff, and what is this? And my sister's like, it's their hair, and I said, give it to me. <laughs> but it was important to them, and I think it was a big deal. They'd grown their hair long, and they cut their glory off, and I think they kind of, oh, this is sad, but we'll save it in a box. For 50 years? I don't know. <laughs> um, and this was their mantillas. They were Catholic, and they would wear these huge head coverings to church. Why? Pull it out when you're discussing all these things. It's great to have this stuff. Okay, um, this room decorations. This was not our school, but they had a wonderful art teacher. This is in Hartford, and she every year they paint something amazing like that on the walls. I walked into that school, and I went, whoa. And somebody said, just keep walking. And I went through that whole school, click, click, click. Um, I have a blog post on it. It was the most amazing school. It's why you should visit other schools. Incredible. It really motivated me. Uh, we got this fabric for a dollar a yard, and Jeff's like, can you sew it together? I'm like, sure, we hung it on the wall. It took like an hour. Our children came and helped us. We had a blast. Environment matters. Hang stuff from the ceiling. This is all my science junk. I got this at a, a used furniture store, and I put all my butterflies and shells, and not all of them, but some of them. I switch it out periodically. And then I got these garage sales. I have little stools, and at lunch, they can sit there and, and, and talk and, and have fun before I call them over to finish their algebra fix-ups. Um... These are some of Jeff's ideas, and I do have a list of these in the back. If you want them, they're just specific ideas. He's come up with a lot of these, and I've benefited from them, so I wrote them down for you. If you want them, they're at the back on that music stand, as are the research paper ideas, if you want that. And there's my email on there with a connection for the slideshow, if you want that. Um, they had to stand here on this thing, and they had to get it a hole in one there. And if you don't have one of these baskets, say hit the pole. And those, every break, those boys were out there, they were having fun. They were throwing that Frisbee and they were getting their free drinkies or whatever. We bought them a drinkie. It's 99 cents. They loved school. They were motivated. They're having fun. Um, we already talked about this. They earned money for Cam. Uh, we already talked about that. Chopsticks, that would go along nicely if you were reading Gladys Allward too, right? Uh, Thanksgiving, we had a Thanksgiving party. I gave them these leaves and I asked them to write down what they were thankful for. And then we stuck them on the tree, and we, we shared, everybody shared what they were thankful for. Just do little things like this all throughout the year, all the time. Make them always wondering what's going to happen fun next. That's what I like to do. Have a writer's circle. We would go around once a quarter. we go around, and they read one journal entry. They write a journal entry almost every day, and we laugh, we cry, we think, and the next time we go back to writing our journals, they're motivated. The next nine weeks, they're fabulous. We had a Passover Seder. We actually just printed it off the internet, and I made Jeff read it. Uh, sharks game. You can't touch the floor. 
a puzzle or a game every week. Uh, Jeff taught third grade through 12 to play chess. Guess what they did? They taught the first and second graders how to play chess. <laughs> and they all played chess. Um, you could have these little charts. This is the only individual thing I will do. I got this from Catherine Byler, Calvary Academy. They each had a country, and she stuck a little push pin. Every time they got 100, and they got 10 hundreds, they got something. Write yourself a letter, and then I'll mail it to you in five years. Really, I do this. They love it. They're motivated. It's fun. Uh, give them a little cookie or iced coffee. Go on walks. Bring them donuts. Uh, do fun science experiments and stuff. This was just on a break, but again, we, what, what's next? What are we going to do? I love February fun days. I have a list of those back there, too. We got these from Teachers Week and came out with some of our own. I've got a list compiled if you want it. Slipper day, dress up day, hat day. And by the way, there's the teacher wearing his hat. you got to do it, too. There's Jeff wearing his stupid hat. Um, <laughs> balloon day, Eskimo day. Turn the, turn the heat off <laughs> and serve them little, you know, bear paw things and hot chocolate. Uh, this was no desk day, and they all brought in pillows and blankets, and I got rid of all the desks, and a giant pink dinosaur, don't ask me, snack day, bring in salty snacks, draw the schedule out of a hat day, funny shoe day, that's my roller skate, uh, no candle, no, no electricity day, candle, they love this, and we went through our entire English lesson diagramming everything, and they did their work, so this isn't all just fun, they're being serious, bring your favorite toy day, hot chocolate coffee day, switch rooms day, Put your desk wherever you want day. That was no desk day. Funny shoe day, popcorn day, sock day, airplane day. Who can get their airplane to fly the farthest? We had physics experiments going on. How far they could get their airplane. Talent show day, kite day, Valentine's day, bring cock chocolate. Uh, true spontaneity, if you have order and respect, this is fun. Quickly, if you find something interesting, my cat did this. I took it in and we dissected it and found the liver and stuff. Uh, I, a vulture, I found a vulture with its wing broken. I took it to school. We talked about vultures. And then I had to diagram a sentence, my pet swan is beautiful. Well, I did that. Okay. Uh, there was a cat outside. I was afraid to get caught by the car. I brought it in my room. Why not? They, they did their work. They were serious. Uh, if you read it in a textbook, like if you walk straight, you can balance a book on your head. Well, then do it. Or if it tells you how to make something, make it. Um, if it's a nice day, you've all done this. If you can trust them, you know, let them go outside. That's fine. Um, this is Jeff. That's great. Let's do some more. We, I taught them how to do origami swans for uh, art one day, and Jeff said, hey, who can make the biggest swan or the smallest swan? And so for three days, they, I had swans all over the school. <laughs> and this young man, this is an origami swan. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, go outside if it's icy or snowy in Texas. That's a big deal. Or there's a truck jackknifed. Take five minutes, go out, come back, finish your, your grammar, whatever you're doing. Your students will do all kinds of interesting creative things. Take advantage of them, but manage them carefully. One day, one of the boys threw his coat up in the air to, to throw it in the backstop, and the wind blew it, and it stuck. What did Jeff say? That's great. Let's do some more. <laughs> and so I'm in the middle of history class, and Jeff comes in. He says, you have got to come outside and see this. I'm like, that's awesome. And so we had, we had a blast. But if something spontaneous like that, your children, the students do it, do some more of it. That's fun. Uh, they brought dolls to school. I tripped over the doll during a spelling test. And I said, the doll needs to go to the doll nursery. And they did. They brought their dolls. They played with them only at the right time. And then the dolls sat for devotions. The dolls read books. The dolls turned in papers. The doll kicked the ball for PE. <laughs> the boy, Jeff taught them how to do Rubik's Cube. They had Rubik's Cube contests. The girls want to have the home ec girls want to have a pizza party. Great, let them do it for lunch. This is a long story. I don't have time. 
a science experiment and they put them on their head. Sure, put the pot on your head, that's fine. Take a picture, that's great. Okay, let's do the science experiment. Um, one of the boys, it was his job to clean the bathroom. That's incredibly artistic. That's amazing. And Jeff said, come here, look at it. He made sure none of the boys were in the bathroom first. Open the door. It, appreciate creativity. Spontaneous things are fun. Uh, they had a bonfire for the Pim Sing, and they got all into it. And they were very creative. They did art there. They had a great time. It was recess. They had fun. Science time. Road kills dead mice. Never, never, never give up. Okay. You're dismissed. If you want any of those resources, email me, and they're on the back. Uh, music stand. Bless you. You're dismissed. Bye. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the campus bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877-222-4769.